0: This episode of Untold Stories is sponsored by Ledin.io. You'll hear more about them later on in this episode. For those who are listening, what is up, everyone? Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. I am your host, Charlie Shrem, and you're listening and watching Untold Stories, where twice a week together, we get to dive deep with some of crypto's most influential leaders to find out how this movement truly came to be, where we are right now, and where the hell we're going in the future. There's no better guest to tell us, to give us all these answers, to talk to us on this lovely Friday than my friend, Lou Kerner. Lou, thank you so much for coming on Untold Stories today.
1: Hey, Charlie, thanks for having me. And thanks for everything you do for the community. I'm, I'm glad I brought my crystal ball here with
0: me. Yeah, <laughs> well, thanks for everything for, that you do for the community. We met actually like a, like a few years ago in New York and Crypto Mondays was already in full swing. And for those who don't know, Crypto Mondays is a global, you're in more than 50 cities, a huge meetup group, but it's become more than that. It's become a, a, a basis for how crypto communities start in those cities around the world. And you've written and studied extensively communities. And we're going to talk about how crypto and Bitcoin and blockchain and socioeconomics kind of weaves all through that. But we met Crypto Mondays was, was in New York. And then what's so, what was so cool was that months, months later, I was invited to speak at another Crypto Mondays event in like Puerto Rico. And, I, and it was amazing. It was, and it was, and I'll tell you about that in a moment, but then, you know, I was in LA and someone was telling me about another Crypto Mondays event there. It's like a really a global, global thing. And if that's all you did, and if that's all we talk about, that's great. Thank you for doing that.
1: Well, th- thanks a lot. And I'm with you. Know, I, I, when I saw the crypto light on June 29th, 2017, uh, you know what? What I, and I think crypto's infinite. I think it's the biggest thing to happen in the history of humanity. Uh, and I think that when everybody sees it, everybody sees something different based on the prism, you know, that 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 they look at the world through. And for me, because I would spent a lot of time in and around community, I, I'd run a company called Bulk from two thousand three to two thousand six. We were the largest social network in the world before MySpace picked at twenty three million kids. Um, and so I'd spent a lot of time in and around community. And so when I saw the crypto light and saw, you know, I got so excited. And, you know, it was only a few months later that uh, we started Crypto Mondays uh, in New York. And literally on the peak market cap day, January 8th, 2017, 2018, for three years. And we had 300 people at the first one, 350 people at the second decided to blow it out around the world. Uh, and last week, uh, the 65th city launched a Crypto Monday, uh, Orange County.
0: Wow. That's amazing. How, what are, what are some of the, and I want to get into like your background and things you've done in the past, but I, I just kind of want to ask you, what, what are some of the uh, pillars to crypto Mondays? Because it's more than just a meetup. It's kind of a foundation for that city's local uh, uh, crypto community.
1: It, when, you know, when, when, we, when I started it, the idea was you know, New York would be a great crypto community without crypto Mondays. I think crypto Mondays makes it better. But the hope was that we'd start a lot of cities where, you know, they didn't have really strong ecosystems. And so, you know, and, and, in, a lo- and in a lot of those cities, it is, you know, emerges kind of the major crypto event. And that's, you know, that includes Puerto Rico, it includes uh, Medellin, uh, Barquisimeto uh, uh in Venezuela uh, uh, has one, you know, Miami's rocks, yeah. um, you know, and the, the, the great thing is the people who start them too, you know, the, the you know. I believe in karma and these people, you know, the, the kind of token economics is status in the community. So the woman that started, uh, Erica Gemma, who started Crypto Money Miami, got hired by the mayor when he opened the blockchain center there. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, you know, and so it's great. You know, it's a great thing to do for the community. And, and the pillar is at the core uh, is, is decentralization. We run the one in New York. And we've opened it up and said, whoever wants to can start a Crypto Monday anywhere else in the world. And people started reaching out. And one of the very constant things that happened is, you know, we'll, we'll get an email saying, hey, yeah, we're going to have our Crypto Monday uh, uh, next week. And we wanted to make sure that it was OK if we do ABC. And our response is, yes, you can do ABC. The only thing you can't do is send us an email asking if you can do ABC. What part of decentralized did you not understand?
0: <laughs> wow, that's such a, uh, uh, it, you know, I. It kind of reminds me of these like business international groups in a way where you you're a new a new painter starting a new painting company or something like that and you move to a new city you can join this like kind of business network and everyone helps each other out but it's more than that it's like an ideology it's it's almost it's people's church you know they come at crypto Mondays is like where you find your spirituality almost I find my spirituality in these meetups because as you know the conversations that you have very very quickly get very deep and you start comparing, you know, and using, I don't know why this is for some reason, the camaraderie and the, and the brother and sisterhood between everyone is just so beautiful.
1: Uh, That's that's incredibly well said. I, when, when I launched New York, uh, we didn't have any speakers because I thought that that the idea was to bring the community together for people to network and talk and and share their passion. And and, um, we, we now have speakers in New York, and almost all of them have speakers because a lot more people will come if you have speakers. Uh, but in New York, you know, I, I make sure that the speaking, you know, we do fireside chats and it's only a half hour because I really believe the majority of the value is the connecting with other people who are as passionate about crypto as you are.
0: You you have you have a lot of of experience that you've been able to bring uh, into our space. Right now, you uh, you're one of the most followed crypto analysts on Medium. You, you do a ton of writing. Uh, there's actually a, a post that I want to talk to you about called Kerner's Law, and how you talk about how businesses scale. And since then, you've actually helped a lot of uh, uh, companies in our space as an analyst, investor, advisor, um, in- including blockchain co-investors, a crypto fund of funds, Casper, uh, uh, Props, uh, Silver Castle, and I'm involved in a few of these as well, which is really cool. You're a partner in multiple angelist syndicates that invest in so many projects. So besides, and besides for Crypto Mondays. You know, I I wanna I wanna kinda of ask you like from a personal perspective too. I never considered myself as a, a venture capitalist and I was always shying away from VC and investing. But eventually uh, over the course of your life, you have to invest in your future. And you can just so you can invest in your own personal capital just so much, but at some point you realize that having dollars in the bank is a bad idea and you have to invest. <laughs> it's a scary thing to invest. I've made so many bad investments. And and now you learn so much, and you help those teams. You learn how to not not micromanage. You learn when there are certain times you should step in, or when you should let the universe kind of take its hold. Uh You write a lot about this. You call it Kerner's Law, and it follows like a value delta. What is Kerner's Law?
1: So Kerner's Law, again coming back to communities, uh, is the belief that communities can scale. Highly correlated to what I call. Value delta. And value delta is the difference between what it costs the community to produce whatever it is that the community members want and what the community members value it at. And the larger that difference is, the larger the community can become. And that's why the largest communities in the world are are, are those things that have the largest value deltas. and, And we call those religions. You know, religions create faith at zero cost. And, you know, many people value their faith more than their, their, than their life. Um, you know, I became aware of Value Delta when I was running both social network and uh, we had advertisers who were willing to pay us a lot of money to get kids to interact with their advertising, but not enough money that we could compensate the kids to do it. And so we eventually ended up creating something called a, a badge program. Uh, and so when the kids would interact with the advertising and do lots of other things, they'd get a badge conferring status in the community. And it turns out to a lot of people, 10% of our, our kids would do almost anything to get a badge that conferred this status in our community. Again, free for us to, 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 to make, uh, but you know, very valuable for some subset of our users.
0: Wow. So what do you think are some crypto communities that have this high value delta right now?
1: Well, look, undoubtedly, uh, uh, Ethereum yeah. is the strongest community. In in crypto today. And to go to an ETH Denver um, was really, you know, the first one I went to, you know, was really life changing to really see that and see the camaraderie and see how dedicated, you know, thousands of the smartest people in the world are about the Ethereum platform and about being a part of that community, really feeling like they're making the world a a, a better place and really, really deeply believing that. And I think deriving a lot of value from that. And as a result, they're willing to give a lot back to the community.
0: A lot of people don't understand why a lot of the early people got involved in Bitcoin, why they did when Bitcoin didn't really have any meaningful value to anyone until I'll tell you right now, like people were making money. You weren't making money in Bitcoin and this was pre everything else until I'll tell you right now, at some point in 2013, early 2013, you're probably, okay, like if you're holding on to these Bitcoin things, they're now making some money. But really, maybe late 2012 or something like that. But really, there was no, there was no money involved. So that's like that incentive is out the window. Um, and I can't speak for everyone else, but you, and you alluded to it with me personally. That's what got me into this was faith uh, and community. Because at the same time that I was discovering Bitcoin, I was being exiled from my whole Jewish world. So I was like very, very aggressively, rapidly seeking another community that would take me in that wouldn't judge me for my background, who I am, where I came from, how I am, my weirdness and all that other stuff. And this Bitcoin community was and still is the most welcoming and our crypto community most welcoming. Like we just want, we embrace everyone all the time. And, And without that, we wouldn't be here today. I
1: completely agree with you, and you know, and, and and it's part of the community, right? People know who is really contributing and who's doing great things, and in the community, I think repays those people back many fold.
0: Money starts to like corrupt communities as communities. You know, you'd look at a local beach community in the middle of. <laughs> Southwest Florida, down where I live, a lot of these communities they don't want any development. They don't want anyone come wealthy, wealthy people. They want to yeah. run themselves. Home rule is very, very strong here. Money corrupts. I see it a little bit in my city where I live because I've lived here for the past six years. It was less than fifty thousand people living here, and now our full time population is over one hundred and fifty. It's crazy, um, and I, and you see it with growth. You know, how can it's kind of a tough question, and I think about this all the time. You know, you look at Dow's. Uh, you look at a uh, decentralized, we look at uh, uh, decentralized, wow, I'm forgetting, you know. Autonomous organizations. For. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm blanking for a moment. You look at them and you look at the ability for a community to, to maintain like a, a common treasury that they can constantly be voting on to be used for different things. Like the simple thing like a homeowners association. Homeowners association has a, a small budget, maybe $100,000 a year and does different things with it. What if that homeowners ran a small DAO? Do you think between crypto and DAOs and having strong communities, that could potentially create better equality and less corruption as like cities and communities grow?
1: Look, that's that's certainly the hope, right? We're we're in the very beginning stages of all of this. I mean, to a large degree, I really think crypto hasn't even started yet. People say, oh, it's so overpriced. You know, everybody I know of is Bitcoin. And my view is, you know. The, the number of people that own Bitcoin really rounds to zero, uh, and the things that we the, the the problems that we need to solve for as a community are our governance and consensus and token economics. So, how do you reward people? Um, you know, today the vast majority has been uh, of our time in terms of rewarding community has been focused on money and giving them money. And in fact, it's very you know, expensive to give people money. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and there's nothing wrong with giving people money at all, except you have to realize that when the easy money goes, the pe- people in your community who are there for the easy money are going to go as well, right? We all saw you know, how the majority of people left the community during crypto winter. Yeah. yeah, and that's fine, and nothing is wrong with that you know, as, as long as you realize that. But as the tools get better, you know, as govern- governance and consensus gets better, and we can start to run more complex organizations. Um, you know, the, the the dream is that more and more you know organizations, whether they're companies or homeowners associations, you know, will start leveraging uh, DAO infrastructures.
0: It's kind of cool. You brought up Miami and the mayor of Miami. He, I think. So you have the City Coins project, which is very cool, and then and under City Coins you have Miami Coin, and I thought. I thought Miami coin was kind of scammy at first. I was like, oh, you know, that's like the simple thing to do. Launch a coin, Miami coin, like, you know, but I was very wrong because I was doing the, some of the research. Uh, uh, we were analyzing it the other day and it's kind of like if, the, if, if Mayor Suarez is as smart as I think he is and I know he is, he has a very long term vision for this. So right now, Miami coin is a very simple thing where like you can mine this coin and a certain percentage goes to the miners, but a certain percentage is baked into the code that goes to the city. And and that's really it. You can buy the coin, you can mine it, but it's not. But I think the long term, you know, it's made over seven million dollars for Miami. It's a very significant amount of money. So if that money right now, it's going to go, you know, and Miami has to probably use that money in the normal process that it spends its money with all its courses and city attorneys and city administrators and yada, yada, yada but I could see that being a DAO in the future. It's so freaking cool.
1: Yeah, I think CitiCoin is super interesting. Uh, uh, There's a company out of Israel who's been doing this for years called Colib. Yeah. Um, you know, it's learned, learned a lot. Uh, and, you know, and, and I think helped drive uh, real economic activity uh, in a number of cities.
0: How does, how does like timing play into effect when it comes to investing? Because I keep finding over time that in this space, If you have the wrong timing, even by six months, everything will fail. Like no one, I actually, someone issued an NFT of me, Shrem Pepe in 2016. We had non-fungible tokens on Bitcoin trading like this thing on decentralized exchanges on Bitcoin in 2016. But I think the world and the community, we weren't at at a place yet. And this is why NFTs are taking off now. How, have you seen that in in you know all the course of your life and investing and things like that?
1: Sure. I mean, I took my first company. So I, I started my career as a Wall Street analyst. I did that for seven years. Uh, and then uh, I, my first company was a startup uh, 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 out of the Idealab incubator in Los Angeles run by Bill Gross. Uh, and this was the original internet incubator. My company was the 55th company in the Idealab Incubator wow. at the time. I joined in January of 2000. In February of 2000, uh, he raised a billion cash at a $10 billion valuation for the incubator. Uh, and he's a genius. He's just uh, And he's started more than 250 companies, eight unicorns, what I believe to be the greatest business idea in the history of mankind. Paid search was his idea. Uh, uh, Google laughed at him, then copied him and executed better. But he sold that to Yahoo yeah. for a, And in any case, he did a a data-driven analysis of the more than 250 startups that he's done to find out that the key factors driving success for those companies, it's a great TED Talk that you can find, you know, 2015 TED Talk. Uh, And, you know, he said he called the company IdealX, thought it was all about the idea, and after a couple of years, he realized, no, it's actually all about the management. And then he ran the numbers, and he found out that the dominant factor driving success of companies is timing.
0: Wow, so it's not it's not just it's timing. It's so true. So what do what would you say to a like a business that's in the wrong timing but already started is it just like survive until the timing yeah, is right for you? That's exactly
1: it. The the only I I don't think anybody can time the market and you know I think Martin you know the, the the first macro lesson I learned when I went to Wall Street, shit, markets are pretty efficient. Yeah. Um <laughs>
0: when we allow them to be.
1: Um yes. Uh uh and um, and so I, I don't think anybody can time the market any, any more than anybody can know what weather is going to be in 30 days, right? It's just too many factors. Um, and so the macro, one of the macro lessons I learned the first go around of the internet, I started my company, and it was a rocket ship ride. Um, and, you know, we got, uh, you know, we made plans to go public, we got a We got a massive buyout offer and our bankers said, why would you even think about that? You know, when you open and start trading, you'll be worth more than double that. And so I thought, why would I think about that? Well, you know, why I should have thought about it? Because the pendulum swung the other way, Um, you know, and, you know, the internet crashed. uh, And we ended up selling the company uh, uh, still for a very nice sum, but a fraction of what we were offered earlier. And the mistake I made was even though I was an equity analyst, I let the markets tell me how much my own company is worth at the top and at the bottom. And and at the bottom, you know, I thought, well, maybe the internet's not going to be as big as I thought it was going to be. And that was ridiculous. And so that experience helped me, you know, weather crypto winter, you know, with much more faith and much more belief. Look, we could still be wrong. um, But... You know that you know the, the the Brock Pierce actually have a has a great line which is uh, bull markets are bullshit and bear markets bear fruit.
0: Oh, that's the best line I ever <laughs> heard! Wow. So like, there was a point where you and others thought that the internet may not be as big as it is today.
1: Well, uh, one of my most read blog posts was from uh, late 2017 where I said the crypto bubble isn't a bubble, it's a dot, dot, dot. And um, you know, by any rational means, you know, late 2017 was a bubble. You could see it. We're, look, we're in a bubble, I believe, today. We're in an everything bubble, I, I, I believe yeah. today. But anyways, in this post-2017, you know, I showed three slides, three, three graphs. The first graph was Amazon share price, 98 to 2000, up, up 65X. The next was that, you know, was then extended it out three years was So it was a big up and then it was down more than 95%. And, you know, uh, uh, and it looks like this massive bubble and this massive crash. And then I extended it out to you, know, to, you know, that time in 2017. And that massive up and down wasn't, you know, it was just a tiny little imperceptible blip relative to what Amazon had become.
0: Oh, and yeah. so...
1: Yeah, I I have a word that I use to describe the tendency of markets to become bubbles and crash, become bubbles again. And I think the word that perfectly describes that is capitalism.
0: That's a beautiful thing, and it's just survive. That's the that's the business motto: just survive. uh, If If you're you're right, look.
1: If you're wrong, right. If you're building, you know, the horse and carriage, you know, when the car comes out, you're wrong. Then it's never going to be your timing. But if you're right, um, you can't. You know, you're not going to get the timing right. And look, some people get extraordinarily lucky, but you know, if you're right, you know, you'll stick around and wait till it's time.
0: Guys, we need to talk about how to use your Bitcoin and your USDC to earn you interest and make you more money. To do that, we're going to talk about our newest sponsor, Ledin.io, a much better home for your Bitcoin. They're amazing. They're a secure, simple, and easy to use platform for managing and growing your digital wealth. On Ledin, You can earn interest on your Bitcoin and on your USDC with some of the industry's best rates Earn 6.1% APY on your first two Bitcoin and 9% on all of your USDC. That's right. All you need to do is deposit your coins and you'll receive steady payouts at the end of each month just for leaving your coins with them. 6.1% on Bitcoin is pretty huge. You don't find that same kind of return elsewhere without taking a much greater risk and 9% on your USDC. Think about what kind of rate you'll get if you had dollars sitting in your bank's savings account. Probably almost nothing. If you've got dollar savings sitting around, this seems like a no-brainer. All you need to do to sign up with in is send a bit of Bitcoin or USDC their way, and then sit back and let the interest accrue. So what are you waiting for? Go to untoldstories.link forward slash Ledin to start earning interest on your Bitcoin or USDC today. That's untoldstories.link forward slash Ledin. You're going to love them. Enjoy. <laughs> you mean, you say we're in an everything bubble and, and we've increased our money supply. Like we've increased the size of, of the sink that we call, you know, temporary stored value of that, of, which is the dollar. <laughs> the, the dollar is meant to be just gas that fuels uh, uh, our economy, the global economy. We've exported our inflation. The, you know, the dollar, saving the dollar is great, but really... The dollar keeping holding onto the dollar is one of the worst investments that you can possibly have. It's good to have emergency cash, of course. But like. We are in an everything bubble. We've increased the money supply by 25 percent in the past few years, basically debasing and giving everyone this haircut. How is that affected like the world that we're in? How is that affected crypto? We're in this. We're still in this world of like just copious amounts of money, public markets, things like that.
1: Well, I think it pushes up the value of everything. Right. That's why we're in the everything bubble. There's more money. People have more money. They can't, you know, they get zero percent in the bank, um, or negative, you know, after inflation around the world or negative interest rates in a lot of countries in the world if you put the money in the bank. So people are doing anything but that, right? They're buying whatever they can buy. They're buying real estate, they're buying stocks, they're buying crypto. Uh, and you know, so the the you know, so crypto has has really been. You know, pretty highly correlated with the stock market, you know, uh uh you know, for a while now. Yeah. Um hopefully maybe now we're starting to see the decoupling of that just over the last number of days, you know, with, with Bitcoin's jump. You know, and that's one of the things that's super exciting because uh as Bitcoin starts to decouple, it also starts to become much more attractive to institutional investors um, you know, who long for uncorrelated assets.
0: Are there any, like, are there, what other assets are there that are kind of like uncorrelated to the stock market? Like, how do people hedge now?
1: Um, gold has really been, I think, the, the traditional asset used yeah. uh, uh, to hedge. And, and Bitcoin, in my view, is, you know, is a store of value today. I think it could be other things over time that, you know, could be massively valuable as well. But I think today it's largely a store of value. And it's a better store of value by, you know, not, not you know, by 50% better than gold, but you know, 10 times or 100 times better than gold, which is why I think it's going to dramatically uh, increase the store of value market, which today is about a $10 trillion market. You know, I see in 10 years, you know, I estimate it will be a $40 trillion market. And if Bitcoin can get half of that, you know, that's how you get to Bitcoin a million.
0: There's a, uh, there's like an ETF that I want to invest in. I heard about it's, it's called bad betting, alcohol, and drugs. I feel like that would be a good, it's I, as soon as I read about it in Bloomberg, I was like, that's a great, great potential. I have to look at like who's running it and all the other stuff. I I don't know, but it's a great concept because I feel like that'll, as long as the world exists, that will constantly be on a rise and it'll, it'll rise slower (laughs) when the world is happy. Rise faster when the world is not. So uh,
1: hard, hard to argue with that. Uh, uh, I recently uh, became a member of uh, uh, the NFT, the Knights of D-Gen, and it's a gambling. I
0: club. like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, like, what is the relationship between crypto, gaming, gambling? There's, there's like a huge relationship. Are you investing or looking at any companies? And that's, what's like the future of that? Sure.
1: Well, you know, when I saw the crypto light in. On June 29th, 2017, you know, I became of the belief, as I said before, this is the biggest thing that happened in the history of humanity. And, you know, like a lot of other people, i over my career have been attracted to a lot of shiny objects, which sometimes didn't turn out to be so shiny. Uh, yeah. and you know, I really thought when I saw crypto that this is the shiniest thing that I'm ever gonna see. I'm not ever gonna see anything that is, you know, shinier than this. Uh, and about six months ago, I I, I saw something shinier than 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 crypto uh i i saw the metaverse uh and and that crypto is going to be massive 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 but it's massive you know as an element of the metaverse obviously it's going to be massive outside of the metaverse too um and you know all these things come together that you were talking about before you know like gaming um you know in the metaverse uh where you will use crypto and you'll be able to take the assets obviously we're already starting to see that that you, using gaming, and and you get to own them. Yeah, you know, instead of the game owning them, and, and can trade them outside of the game, and use them, you know, in in other games. You know, the first ERC twenty SEC approved token was a pocket full of quarters. Uh, I remember a,
0: that a few yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, why were they? Why are they doing this? It's just a one to one gaming token, but they did it to prove a point, I think, and to get something through.
1: Yeah. Well, also, no, beautiful the, the, thing. Super interesting company. Actually met. The, the, the CEO uh, at, the, um, at the second Crypto Monday.
0: The, the, so I wanna, I wanna talk about the, this term metaverse is thrown around a lot and, and, uh, and I'm trying to understand the difference of the world today versus what like a metaverse is and why it's important and how it's gonna change everything. And so help me understand this and, and I kind of taking a lot of what I understand from like Ready Player One and things like that. <laughs> but the, so the metaverse, is different from even a virtual reality 24-hour-a-day video game that you'd go into right now because the metaverse is not just about the technology that we need to develop to get to get to that point, but it also, blockchain technology actually solved a lot of the problems that the metaverse needed to have in that the metaverse needs to be this thing that never f- rewinds, pauses, fast-forwards. It's a constant just like, the timing of the world, the atomic clock, the world spins, you go to sleep, you wake up in the metaverse it's the day if, if that's what's programmed in, maybe a day in the metaverse is different, but the timing is going to be correlated and what also blockchain technology gave it is that it's not hosted in one place so when you're when you're now buying a piece of land, you know that the the fact that you own this land in the in the metaverse or you know, a, a business uh If in order for it to be taken away from you, there's either a due process or it can't be taken away at all because it's on, you know, publicly timestamped on a blockchain and the data's in there. Uh, And furthermore, and this is where you kind of come in with the community, the socioeconomic aspect of it is that if we're comfortable putting our money in places, we know we can control. And so therefore, this opens up a whole nother investing paradigm, because now people are not just investing in public markets, they're going to invest in in public markets and metaverses, they're going to buy coffee shops in metaverses, and you'll have copyright where if you own a bookstore in one, there will be Supreme Court laws that say that you should have that same brand in another metaverse. Like that's where we're going. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree with Red. Right? I and some of the projects now, like Zed Run, uh, right, where you you know oh, where yeah. you buy you know buy digital racehorses, breed digital racehorses. You know, race them and and win money. Uh, you know, and and people are very very excited about that. Um, you know, and so it's infinite the number of different worlds uh, that you can create. Um, you know, I know if you've heard of Superworld. You know, it's another you know interesting one. Um, uh, you know, in Upland and those you can wow actually Zed buy.
0: World is so cool. I didn't even know about this.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, you know, buy. You Do know, they have a and, token you know, too? Uh, yeah, yeah. They're tokenizing and you can actually own like Madison Square Garden. And oh, then when my people God. are in Madison Square Garden, um, you know, the phone knows that that's where they are. And, and the person that bought it in super rare now, if you, at super world, if you are, you can use, you know, the super world thing in Madison Square Garden, that guy can get a cut of, you know, the concession stand in Madison Square Garden in, in super world. Um,
0: I have a metaverse I want to create. If there are any like digital video game designers or any like uh, developers <laughs> listening, contact me because I have this crazy idea of building like a whole socioeconomic experiment within a game, like just like Zed Run, and it would be so freaking cool. Oh my god, this is I love where our industry just excites me every single day.
1: Yeah, the future is just so bright, right? We got we got some problems to solve, but I think we're gonna solve them.
0: Um I want to I want to ask you about a uh, uh, SPAC. So so um I'm an investor in in a, in a in a SPAC that that you're putting together or a sponsor. What what does that mean in terms of how our industry is going to be accessing capital for the future? Public sure, markets early. going yeah.
1: That's that's exactly what it's about. So, you know, at Blockchain Co-investors, we're a crypto fund of funding, we also do one-off investments and so um, we were first money in more than 10 uh, crypto VCs. So, you know, and we invest very early in companies as well. So we can be there at the very beginning with VCs and with, and, and with companies and projects. And we continue to invest during, you know, during their life. And then at the end, you know, obviously you know, many companies are gonna tokenize, but you know, companies you know, that are regulated, I, I think a lot of them for a while are gonna struggle to tokenize. And if they wanna access capital, You know, the public markets is obviously by a wide margin, the biggest place to access capital in the world. And now with the SPAC, when the companies are ready for the right companies, we can merge our SPAC with them. And now they become publicly traded uh, companies. And it really de-risks the whole going public process.
0: Wow. It creates like a whole, and also probably creates like a whole community around that everyone knows each other. It's like a constant uh, relationship that, that creates it all the way through. And, um, and I'm trying to understand now if you can have these like public markets inside the metaverse, that's what I'm thinking about right now, like <laughs> metaverse stock markets.
1: Sure. Well, I mean, I think you, you know, you already do. I mean, there's some great, you know, the, what, what I'm a project I love is, do you, you know, Fairmint?:
0: No. I'm checking this out. Yeah. Now.
1: So Fairmint is a company where you, know, you, if you're a company, you want to raise money, you can you can c- continuously raise money and using Fairmint. It's a bonded curve. So, you know, anybody can go there, buy shares, and then, you know, the next guy who wants to buy, you know, pays a slightly higher price. And I think they just uh, announced that they, they, they passed $5 million. Wow. This yeah.
0: is so cool. Fairmint.co. Why did I not know about this before? Yeah. There's so many things that. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. This is really cool. You've definitely given us a lot, a lot to look at here. Um, you know, it's so funny. I look at these companies, I look at like figure.com. They're all calling, a lot of them are calling themselves blockchain companies because even though they haven't figured out now, everyone understands that. And And tell me if I'm wrong, like when you, when you remove the, it's not that we don't like middlemen or trusted third parties. It's just, if you remove that from the equation, the financial equation, you remove trust from that equation. Everyone is happier and wants to put their money in those things, in those places.
1: Uh, the way I think about it, man, exactly. The way I think about it is, you know, the, up until now, the world has always worked by a guy in the middle, essentially, guiding everything. And at the end of the day, the guy in the middle solves for himself. And now, for the first time in history, we, we've got a set of tools to solve for the community. And that, I think, will be seen in the long run as the, you know, the single biggest achievement in the history of humanity.
0: Wow. Lou Kerner, thank you so much for, for taking the time and, and coming on Untold Stories today. That, you've really taught us a lot about how everything works, and I'm, I'm excited for the future.
1: Uh, but me too, Charlie. Thanks a lot for having me.
0: I'll talk to you soon.